Chapter Eleven of Part One of the Lives of the Three Mrs. Judsons by Arabella M. Wilson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reception of Messrs. Coleman and Judson at Ava. Their return to Rangoon. Their resolution to leave Rangoon. Opposition of disciples to this measure. Increase of disciples. Their steadfastness. Failure of Mrs. Judson's health. The passage up the Irrawaddy to Ava, or rather. Amarapura, which was then the capital, was made in safety in a little more than thirty days. They soon found the house of their old friend, the former viceroy of Rangoon, who now enjoyed a high post under government. Here they were kindly received, and promised a speedy presentation to the Golden Face, i.e. the Emperor. The next day, Mangyo, a favorite officer of the viceroy, came to take them to the imperial palace. He first introduced them to the private minister of state, who met them very pleasantly, received their presents and a petition they had prepared to the emperor, which latter he was examining when someone announced that the golden foot was about to advance, when the minister hastily rose up, put on his state robes, and prepared to present them to the emperor. They were conducted through various splendor and parade up a flight of steps into a magnificent hall. Mr. Judson says, the scene to which we were now introduced really surpassed our expectation. The spacious extent of the hall, the number and magnitude of the pillars, the height of the dome, the whole completely covered with gold, presented a most grand and imposing spectacle. Very few were present, and those evidently great officers of state. Our situation prevented us from seeing the further avenue of the hall, but the end where we sat opened into the parade, where the emperor was about to inspect. We remained about five minutes, when everyone put himself into the most respectful attitude, and Mang Yo whispered that his majesty had entered. We looked through the hall as far as the pillars would allow, and presently caught sight of this modern Ahasuerus. He came forward, unattended, in solitary grandeur, exhibiting the proud gait and majesty of an eastern monarch. His dress was rich, but not distinctive, and he carried in his hand the gold-sheathed sword, which seems to have taken the place of the scepter of ancient times. But it was his high aspect and commanding eye that chiefly riveted our attention. He strided on, every head excepting ours was now in the dust. We remained kneeling, our hands folded, our eyes fixed on the monarch. When he drew near, we caught his attention. He stopped, partly turned towards us. Who are these? the teacher's great king i replied what you speak burman the priests that i heard of last night when did you arrive are you teachers of religion are you married why do you dress so these and other similar questions we answered when he appeared to be pleased with us and sat down on an elevated seat his hand resting on the hilt of his sword and his eyes intensely fixed on us Mangza, now read their petition, which set forth that they were teachers of the religion of their country, and begged the royal permission to teach the same in his dominions, and also prayed that no Burman might be subjected to molestation from government for listening to or embracing that religion. And the emperor, after hearing it, took it himself, read it through, and handed it back without saying a word. In the meantime, Mr. Judson had given Mongza an abridged copy of the tract called A Summary of Christian Doctrine, which had been got up in the richest style and dress possible. The emperor took the tract. Our hearts, says Mr. J., 
now rose to god for a display of his grace oh have mercy on burma have mercy on her king but alas the time had not yet come he held the tract long enough to read the two first sentences which asserted that there is one eternal god who is independent of the incidents of morality and that besides him there is no god and then with an air of indifference perhaps disdain he dashed it down to the ground mung za stooped forward picked it up and handed it to us mung yo made a slight attempt to save us by unfolding one of the volumes which composed our present and displaying its beauty but his majesty took no notice our fate was decided after a few moments mung za interpreted his royal master's will in the following terms in regard to the objects of your petition his majesty gives no order in regard to your sacred books his majesty has no use for them take them away he then rose from his seat strode on to the end of the hall and there after having dashed to the ground the first intelligence he had ever received of the eternal god his maker preserver his judge he threw himself down on a cushion and lay listening to the music and gazing at the parade spread out before him they and their presence were then hurried away with little ceremony the next day they ascertained beyond a doubt that the policy of the burman government is precisely the same as the chinese that it is quite out of the question whether any subject of the emperor who embrace a religion different from his own will be exempt from punishment and that we in presenting a petition to that effect have been guilty of a most egregious blunder an unpardonable offence we cannot prevail on ourselves to give the sequel of this narrative in any other than the beautiful and picturesque language of mr judson which we have so often quoted it was now evening we had four miles to walk by moonlight two of our disciples only followed us they had pressed as near as they ventured to the door of the hall of audience and listened to words which sealed the extinction of their hopes and ours for some time we spoke not some natural tears we dropped but wiped them soon the world was all before us where to choose our place of rest and providence our guide and as our first parents took their solitary way through eden so we took our way through this great city arrived at the boat we threw ourselves down exhausted in body and mind for three days we had walked eight miles a day and most of the way in the heat of the sun which in the interior of these countries is exceedingly oppressive and the result of our toils and travels has been the wisest and best possible a result which if we could see the end from the beginning would call forth our highest praise oh slow of heart to believe and trust in the overruling agency of our own almighty saviour they returned to rangoon by an easy and rapid passage down the river and calling the few disciples together frankly disclosed to them the result of their mission to their surprise and delight it only increased their zeal and attachment for the religion they had professed they became in turn the comforters of the missionaries vying with each other in trying to convince them that the cause was not yet desperate above all were the solicitous that the missionaries should not carry out a design they had formed to leave them and try to find a field more favourable for their labours one assured them he would follow them to the end of the world another who having an unconverted wife could not follow them declared that if left there alone he would perform no other duties but those of christ's religion 
but what had most weight with mr and mrs judson in inducing them to remain was the fact that inquiry seemed to be spreading in the neighbourhood and that there seemed a further prospect of usefulness in spite of their fear of persecution they therefore concluded to remain for the present at rangoon while mr and mrs coleman should proceed to arican and form a station there thus again were mr and mrs j alone but not now exclusively among heathen idolaters the affectionate zeal of the disciples rejoiced their hearts and others among them the old disputant mung shuang gang seemed sincere and hopeful inquirers three women induced by him also visited mrs judson to learn the way of life one of these the one we have before alluded to was characterized by superior discernment and mental power but exceedingly timid through fear of persecution in one of her conversations she expressed her surprise that the effect of the religion of christ upon her mind was to make her love his disciples more than her dearest natural relations this showed that she was a real disciple though a timid one but surely it is not for us who sit under our own vine with none to make us afraid to be severe on these poor heathen for not at once overcoming the dread of suffering so natural to the human heart before we judge them let us be very sure that our faith would endure the fires of persecution and even of martyrdom which threatened them they knew of instances where their countrymen had embraced the roman catholic faith and had been subjected to the punishment of the iron maul an instrument of torture more dreadful than any employed against the scottish covenanters in the times of their bitterest persecution sudden execution they might have braved though that will appall almost any heart but lingering torture was what they might fear to that which death should succeed only when nature could bear no more females in christian countries who think much of your self-denials and sacrifices when a moment's pain a passing shower is all the grief ye share how can your hearts endure if called to such trials as might at any moment befall your poor sisters in burma mrs judson's health had for some time been failing at length after having gone through two courses of salivation for the liver complaint she was obliged to try a sea voyage her situation was too critical for her to think of going alone and mr judson concluded to accompany her to bengal two converts expressed the strongest desire to profess christ before the missionaries should leave them they were accordingly baptized the ship being detained the speculative hesitating but now sincere disciple mung shuang nong casting aside his fears and scruples boldly avowed his faith and desired baptism of course he was joyfully received the scene at his baptism had such an effect upon Mamula, the female who had been before mentioned that she too could no longer delay a public profession of faith in christ on returning to the house after receiving the rite she said now i have taken the oath of allegiance to jesus christ and i have nothing to do but to commit myself soul and body into the hands of my lord assured that he will never suffer me to fall away surely if no other proof existed of the power of gospel truth to renew the heart of men a sufficient one would be furnished here in the face of threatened persecution not only were old converts strengthened in their faith in an attachment to christ but new ones eagerly pressed forward to unite themselves with the despised and humble flock nine males and one female had now been baptized at the hazard of their lives 
our grammar and dictionary had been compiled and printed a portion of the scriptures translated and printed tracts had been issued and so greatly had the missionaries gained in favor with the people that as they went down to the ship which was to carry them to bengal more than a hundred natives followed them testifying sincere grief at their departure End of chapter eleven